Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone subscribing, following the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, our video feed as well on YouTube, 94 WIP. Tucker Bagley joins me for the video podcast, which... Maybe getting uh, a little bit of a, a boost moving forward here. We'll, we'll explain that, and you might see some uh, different background. I, I might miss the Elvis room if we ever leave the Elvis room, but we got some big things planned for the video feed. So hop on to the 94 WIP YouTube page, and we'll do a lot of podcast podcasts there moving forward. So I know today, Tuesday, is the first day of Eagles training camp. And originally in my head, in my head it was like, oh, we're going to talk Eagles today, and we'll do a lot of Eagles moving forward. I'm sure tomorrow we'll be talking Eagles on WIP Daily, but can't ignore the elephant in the room. And it's a big elephant right now in Philadelphia sports, even though the person himself is not that big of a of an athlete. He's kind of a, a slight athlete compared to other guys, but he's supposed to be a good player, and he has an outsized contract, an elephant-sized contract. I'm talking about Trey Turner. And, you know, I've been critical of, of him from the jump. I, you know, I'm just thinking about my thought process on Trey Turner as this year has gone on. And I remember sitting down maybe – Late April, third week April, and I, whoever I was with, I said, you know, I really haven't been impressed yet with Trey Turner. That was my first thought. Like, you know, it's three weeks in, $300 million player. We know his track record. I was like, I haven't been impressed at all. And then about another month went by, and he hadn't turned around. I'm like, he hasn't been good. And then another month went by, and like, he's been bad. And now we're nearing August, and Trey Turner has been awful. Punctuated last night by making three more outs, getting thrown out of the game on a called strike three, uh, arguing with the umpire, and of course, two errors in the field. It was the worst game for Trey Turner as a Philly in a season that has been really bad. And and there's a lot of angles I want to attack here just to react to Trey Turner and now what the Phillies should do. You know, I said about six, seven weeks ago, if I had a magic wand and I could undo this contract, I would undo it. Foot faced a lot of resistance on that. People said, oh, it's his track record, blah, blah, blah. First year in Philly. I would absolutely undo his contract. Obviously, that's not possible. Otherwise, I, you know, many teams would undo contracts after the first year or half a year when they watch a player and they're like, that's not the guy I thought I bought. So Trey Turner's been bad. The Phillies have a problem on their hands now. There is a real chance this becomes the worst contract in baseball at some point. I know Anthony Rendon is kind of has that mantle right now because he's always hurt and he's not that good anymore. But whenever that contract runs out in a year or two, Trey Turner's looming as the next bad contract in baseball. It, it's starting to remind me of Jason Hayward when he went to the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs did a lot of things right under Theo Epstein the way the Phillies have 
under Dave Dabrowski and, and John Middleton with, with getting some big names and making big moves and, and putting this team to contention and opening a contention window. But they, the Cubs totally whiffed on Jason Hayward. It was it was a bad contract almost from the jump. He was awful his first year. They happened to win the World Series, but he was awful. And it never really got better. And it just it was almost like walking the plank, watching that guy on that team as the years went on. Because the beginning, it was like, well, he'll turn around. And then as time went on, it was like, well, as long as he's okay. And then it was like, well, we have to drop him in the lineup. And then it's, well, we got to play him less. And then he became a platoon player and barely played. And eventually the whole thing just just ended and fell apart at the end. And I think, I forget if they let it run out or if they DFA'd him at some point, but he's on the Dodgers now and has a, a second life to his baseball career. But it sort of reminded me of Jason Hayward. And last night was was so ugly. I thought it was petulant behavior by Trey Turner. I, I don't want to hear the excuses of, I didn't really say anything bad. I just threw my gloves. Dude, you're arguing with the umpire after a called strike three. You, you're just just with that, you were on the verge of getting thrown out. And then throwing your gloves, even though that may be a normal thing on strike three or the end of an inning, right? He's got to get rid of his batting gloves and his whatever his helmet because he's got to go to the field. Doing it in the midst of an argument, I mean, you're showing up the umpire. I'm not surprised. I don't really feel sympathetic he got thrown out of the game. That, that's on him. And actually, for the Phillies, probably better he wasn't in there because he stinks right now. I, I mean, there's no other way to say it. Trey Turner has stunk. So couple things hit me, and then we'll get Tucker's reaction on Trey and, and this season. I think the Phillies should sit Trey Turner today and, and maybe tomorrow. Just give him a couple days to clear his head here because I think we're at the point now where it, it could go from bad to worse to ugly. And what I mean by that is they're at home. They go back on the road this weekend to Pittsburgh. Day off on Thursday. You know, there were boos last night, real boos for the first time for Trey Turner. And I don't know if he's ever been booed before. I, you know, he said he came up to the Nationals in 2015 pretty instantly in 2016. He was a really good young player. They were a competitive to a contending team, obviously won a world championship in 2019. He gets traded to the Dodgers, you know, a couple of years later. He's in a pennant race. He hits well. They're a 100-win team, 111-win team last year. I really don't know if Trey Turner's ever been booed like that in a major league field. Washington's not the kind of market that boos their players. And Trey Turner, again, was a good player for them. L.A. was a 111-win team. I and mean, what are you going to boo on a 111-win team? And the year the year he got there, they won 106. So the first year was there that he was on a 106-win team. Last year on a 111-win team. I can't imagine there's many nights the Dodgers fans are ever booing. All they do is win. So last night may have been the first time real significant boos were directed at him. Not like he ends an inning, the team is struggling, or a six-game loser streak, and there's some boos in the crowd. No, this was at Trey Turner. And I don't know how he's going to handle it. You know, we heard the quotes last night. He still thinks he's a good player. He's close. That, that may be true. He may feel that way. He may be built for this. It also may be a front. I mean, I, I have no idea. For a guy when You don't know how players are going to react if they've never felt this kind of adversity. And I know Trace had slumps. He's had some tough Aprils and Mays, and we talked about that early in the year, why he might bounce back, because April and May tend to be slower months for him. But I don't think he's ever had a first four months like this. I don't think he's ever been booed like he was last night, you know, in that significant way as the, clearly the guy being booed. So a couple home games to go, and then they go back on the road. I, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to let him sit down and clear his head for a day or two instead of going back out there. And let's just say he's 0 for 4 tonight with three strikeouts, which based on his season – is certainly possible. So that that's the first thing is I do think that sitting him 
could be a good thing. And then the other thing, when he gets back in the lineup, whether that's today, tomorrow, or Friday in Pittsburgh, the, the Phillies have to stop this, well, this is our lineup thing, and it's going to work. At some point, you have to pivot. You know, We may look up at the end of the year, if the Phillies miss the playoffs by a game or two, and I put some of this certainly on Rob Thompson, some of it I think on the front office. I mean, it's, we, every, we, all we hear in baseball now is it's collaborative. I mean, someone's got to sit down with Rob Thompson and say, look, I know your thing and, and why you the players have responded to you is you are consistent, you are calm, you don't panic. But Rob, it's not panicking if in, in late July, last week of July, you shake up the lineup and you move one of the worst hitters in baseball down. I don't think that's panic. I think that is reflective of reality. And at some point here, the Phillies just can't let both Schwarber, who's been hitting one, and Turner, hitting two, just make out after out. I would leave Schwarber near the top because, one, he's more comfortable there. Two, at least he provides power. And three, he's been better as the year has gone on. He's been better, let's say, June 1st to now than he was before that. So it's still an uptick for him. I'm not really seeing an uptick from Trey Turner. I'm seeing the same nonsense I saw in April and May with with everything with him at the plate. So they got to really consider dropping him in the order. And I don't care how much he makes. That's irrelevant to the batting order conversation. It's very relevant to the future of the Phillies because it feels like a jail sentence right now, the the contract that they signed him to and how long he's going to be here and how much money he has owed. But they can't let that dictate their lineup decisions. He's killing the team. Every single time he's up in a rally, you feel like it's going to die. And to allow him to make out after out, I mean, his on-base percentage this year is 300 Three, he's 247, 300, 387, his slash line. That's not that's not representative of a number two hitter in any good lineup. I think he has made the third most outs in all of baseball. And a couple more days here, he might take the lead. They have to drop him in the order. And I know right now it's complicated because of lefty-righty stuff. And we talk about that a lot on the, on the show and lineups and trade ideas. You know, because Schwarber's the leadoff hitter. Harper's been hitting three. It was Castellanos. They flipped those guys. The logical guy at number two is Bryson Stott. Uh, he's a lefty too. So you'd have Schwarber lefty, Stott lefty, Harper lefty. It's not ideal, but look, when they're facing a righty, it, it's okay. Like they could just try to bludgeon the righty to start the game, get three or four or five runs. And then in the seventh or eighth inning, hopefully you have a lead. And if you don't, you have to deal with left on left. You deal with it. I mean, you could always pinch hit someone. You could just trust your guys to, to make a get some, you know, get a hit. I mean, Bryce Harper's always been historically decent against lefties. This year it's been more of a challenge. Stott, I don't think there's a major platoon split. I mean, I, I think he holds his own against lefties. So at some point, what, what matters more? Lefty righty, lefty righty, or good hitter, bad hitter. And right now, Bryce Stott's a good hitter and, and Trey Turner's a bad hitter right now. So I would sit Trey Turner today and it's time to drop him in the order. There's no more, this is your track record, this is your resume. That's out. It's four months now of, of crap by Trey Turner. The Phillies have to do something different here. Tucker, your reaction to uh, last night with Trey Turner and, and the first year of 11 years on this contract. My goodness. Yeah, we got 10 years left, 2033. Like, how old's your son? Seven, eight? Like, he'll be in college. Yeah, he's eight. He'll be in college when the Trey Turner is no longer employed by the Phillies. So that that's something that we certainly can look forward to. And you know, it's funny when they signed Trey Turner, I I was excited, right? He's a great player. He's an all-star, but you know, I voiced my concern about the length of the contract, about him being signed through age 41. And you look, shortstops don't play to the age of 41, right? Look at the guys who really, I think there's only a handful of guys over the age of 38 
who are still playing in the majors right now. Half of them are pitchers, and the other half are guys like Nelson Cruz, who just stand up at the plate and hit home runs and don't necessarily have to worry about their speed or even staying in you know baseball shape because their job is to hit the ball 400 feet once a week. Trey Turner's game is completely opposite of that, right? Like he's a guy whose game is based around speed, athleticism, and the fact that we have another decade to go and it's already apparent that he's maybe losing it a little bit. Like the only thing that he does well right now is run fast to sprint speed. Still 99th percentile in, you know, major league baseball. That's fantastic. Everything else sucks right now. I mean, he's swinging at 57% of the balls being thrown to him. Like if you throw six pitches in the dirt, he's liable to swing in half of them. I don't know why any pitcher ever throws him a strike. The one maybe highlight he has all season that walk off home run he hit back in June. And that was an 83 mile per hour slider at the top of the zone. Like I would be more concerned if a guy like Garrett Stubbs didn't hit that out as opposed to throwing a parade because Trey Turner did. Um, you just look at what he's done this season. And I tweeted last night when I moved to Sosa lined into that double play. I mean, Trey Turner would have struck out in that situation, right? Like there's zero doubt in my mind that Trey Turner would have swung at three low and away sliders and would have struck out and maybe they would have won the game because you know they would have had men on first and second there with only one out after that at bat would have been over hypothetically but i just i, I don't know what he does well right now he he doesn't play a good shortstop it's a shame because i thought bryson stott who was pretty good at shortstop last year they moved him off of that to accommodate trey turner now it's painfully obvious your best defensive infielder right now is stuck at second base instead of shortstop where where he belongs he doesn't put together good at bats and this team and this lineup was built around having him at the top, right? Like they don't have a lot of other right-handed options. We talked a little bit yesterday about bringing Cody Bellinger and maybe this lineup becoming even more left-handed heavy. This lineup works. If guys like Trey Turner, JT Armuto, who's also stunk, but you know, we're not really talking about it yet. Nick Castellanos who has stunk in the second half. I mean, the Phillies need the right-handed bats to hit because this entire lineup is kind of based around having them separating guys like Schwarber, like Harper, like Stott, even Brandon Marshall, I think still leads the team in OPS. What Trey Turner's done this year, I mean, I don't think anybody could have anticipated it being this bad. And I just, I, he should be thankful that Nick Castellanos stunk so bad last year because that seems to be the prevailing thought right now, right? Is, oh, well, Castiano stunk last year, so Trey Turner will stink this year and next year. He'll be an all-star, and, and I, I hope that's true, but I just think it's a little foolish to just assume that come April 2024, he's going to be back to being an all-star when you kind of see maybe over the last three years, he's been trending downward anyway. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's been the crutch for everyone over the past two months. Every time Trey Turner comes up, well, it's just Castiano's year. It's just, leave him alone. It's just Castiano's year. First of all, no. We can't just like ignore it. And, like, there's no button to press to like fast forward to next April and hope it's his Cassiano show. I have to watch this nonsense every night with this guy hurting the team. The second thing, I, I think there's some similarities between Castellanos and Turner. First of all, Turner's supposed to be better. He made three times as much money in free agency, but th their approach at the plate is is not great either of them. They, they both are free swingers. They both are not very patient hitters. I don't think they have great plate, great plate recognition. So I could see why decline would hit both of them faster at the plate as hitters than other guys. They lose their bat speed a little bit, pitch recognition never great, and, and pitchers take advantage. I, I, that, I see some similarity. But here's one difference. Castellanos has always been up and down kind of player. He has good year, bad year, good year, bad year. He had a career year before he got here. 
Then the Phillies signed him off of that. Now, was that wise? Probably not, but they did that. Like his, Cassianos' best, we're not that far removed from it. Tucker just mentioned Trey Turner. The trend line is so glaring. It reminds me of Jake Arrieta as a pitcher. Jake Arrieta's trend line, you know, it was like 2015 best pitcher baseball, 2016 pretty good, 2017, all right. And then, boom, he comes here 2018, 2019, and it started to go – it was just going down. And 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 I'm looking at Trey Turner. It's the same thing. In 2020, his best season, 982 OPS. 2021, 911 OPS. 2022, 809 OPS. This year, 687. The trend line is so obvious. I remember mentioning when when the contract was signed and we had our debates on the old evening show on WIP about the lines of the contract. And I remember saying, like, is everyone ignoring this? It's the weirdest thing. Like, I wasn't anti the player, Trey, at that point, but I just, the contract, like Tucker, I was like, what what are they doing? It was the most ignored thing. I was like, yeah, Trey Turner's awesome. Throw 300 million at him. The Padres throw 400 million at him. I'm like, has any player ever gotten this kind of hype and money off of his OPS dropping over 100 points in a season? Usually it's the opposite. Guys have career years. They go up 100 points. They get paid. They get paid off their best year. Maybe that's silly too. But it's it's rare to see a guy in his walk year go way backwards and everyone still just throw the money at him as if nothing happened. Everyone in baseball, the Phillies included, may have ignored it. And now it's the Phillies' problem here. I'd sit him for a day or two. And I would drop him in the order. It's time to it's time to take the gloves off with Trey Turner. Let's let's be real. This guy has stunk. Appreciate listening. Appreciate him following the podcast. WIP Daily. Subscribe and follow us, of course, 94 WIP, the YouTube page. A lot of our video podcasts, including maybe some new graphics background coming your way soon, right here on WIP Daily. Thank you so much for listening.